Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 323 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, coming to you solo today because, well, uh, just <laughs> it's been a while since we since we've done an episode and it's been hard to um, schedule a recording together with me and Fong lately just because uh, both of us are very busy, <laughs> have been very busy lately and we just haven't had time. Uh, I've been going through some some stuff too. He he's got his own things going on, so it's just tough to actually get together to record. And it's been it's been a week, so it it's about time to come out with an episode. Um, I just so the reason why I didn't come out we didn't come out with an episode earlier in the week is there honestly wasn't. I just felt there wasn't enough to talk about. Um, but. But uh, you know what? Let's just try to make the most of it, and uh, we'll see. So the big thing that's happened since um, last episode, uh, where we um, was it talked about the basically we rewinded back to twenty six, yeah, twenty fifteen actually, the 2015-2016 season. Go listen to that episode. We we rewinded back to a random game that was uh, my first game that I ever t- attended live. Uh, um, in in the Arco Arena, I don't know why I brain farted there, but uh, right in Arco Arena, um, the Kings versus the Knicks, and it was a very interesting snapshot, um, a snapshot in time. Is, is that the saying? I don't. Basically, it's really interesting to look back into the 2016 or 2015 2016 season, the George Carl year. So, uh, go listen to that whenever you get a chance. It is a three-hour episode. We did not expect it to be that long, but it turned out that long. So, uh, give it give it a chance if if, if uh, you have time. And uh, let's get into this episode. So, uh, the big thing that happened oh, since we have since the last episode is that the t- the full schedule has been released. Although it technically isn't the full schedule, I believe there's uh, I didn't even count how many games. Well. Well, on the Kings side, it does say 82 games. I did hear like some uh, some teams don't have the full schedule, but the uh, the schedule has been released. And the big thing that the Kings were waiting for, we we knew that they weren't getting a uh, Christmas game and they weren't getting an opening night game. Well, the question is, how many national games are they going to get? Well, the answer what came out on I believe it was last Thursday. So the rumor was that was running right before it was that the Kings were going to get 10 national games. Around 10 was, I think, the number that was thrown around by uh, Frank Cordicel- Frankie Corticelli and uh, James Hamm. Now, uh, depending on what you think of national TV, some people like, include an NBA TV uh, as national TV. Um, I have no opinion on the matter. But the, the thought was when you know uh, Hamm and Corticelli um, predicted that there were going to be 10, they were expecting there were going to be 10 total, including NBA TV. But lo and behold, the Kings, they have 11 national games that are, well, they have 11 games that are either on TNT or on ESPN. And if I kind of just look at the numbers, so 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So it looks like six games on ESPN. Now, just to confirm really Quickly. Okay, it says five. I must have, I must have overcounted. But basically, there's going to be six games on TNT, five games on ESPN. So that's 11 games on national TV. And again, depending on what you think of NBA TV, 
The Kings get 11 games on NBA TV. I believe last year they had, um, I think they had four um, national TV games and four of them were um, on NBA TV. And one of them actually got kicked off because uh, the Rockets were ass. And one one of the anticipated matchups with Keegan Murray versus uh, Jabari Smith was basically just um, flexed, I think is the, is the word. I forgot what the actual word is, but basically it was then off the docket. They were then kind of given a consolation prize in TNT against the Knicks. So yeah, so that was a pretty awesome thing. But so the Kings, they, they get, a, they get 22 national games total. That's pretty big. The, the King, I mean, the NBA is kind of interested in this Kings thing. Like they're, they kind of keeping an eye on just, uh, just how the Kings are like, they, they looked at last season, like, huh, you know, they managed to kind of get some interest going, uh, in the fan base and like the fan base looks amazing. It's a good team. It's a great environment. Let's give them a chance. Let's see what they can do with, uh, just more national exposure. And yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna try and see if the Kings are kind of, I guess for real. And that's really cool. Um, so, and like, I think the Kings, like, I think the Kings are going to be pretty good coming this season. And my, like, I was disappointed when they didn't get an opening night game or Christmas game. I thought it just would have been awesome to just like to get to basically be put front and center as one of the premier teams uh, of the NBA. Now, of course they had only been good for a year. It's literally the first time they've been like good, legit good, you know, since 2006. So like you got you gotta you gotta prove it like at least one more time to really establish yourself as one of the premier teams, and you know one really good season usually isn't enough. You gotta prove it again. But the Kings, I mean the NBA, they're gonna give the Kings a chance, and you know the Kings are gonna get a lot more national exposure, which means like you know the players are gonna get more national exposure, and it's just gonna be a different it's gonna be a different vibe now like that. They're no long. Well, they still kind of are like a like a hipster team, but they're not like you know a a niche like a super duper niche team where you have to be a real nerd about the NBA to really like be like locked in uh, watching the Kings. Like you know, for again for sixteen years, if you were following the Kings, you were a psycho, and you don't need to be as, as much of a psycho anymore. Like you know, like. They're gonna get. They're just gonna get more eyes on them, and it's gonna be again. It's gonna be a different this upcoming year, and I want to see if the Kings really respond to it. I assume they will, but again, I am a biased Kings fan, a very optimistic one at that. So, who knows? Uh, but really good to see the the NBA give them this opportunity, and hopefully they excel off of it. Um, some really notable games that I guess I want to highlight. So their first home, so they're op- they're gonna open in Utah. Um, against the Jazz, of course, and then uh, they're going to come home, and they're going to open their home. Their well, they're going to play their home opener against their first round opponent uh, against Golden State on ESPN on Friday, October twenty seventh. This is a this is gonna this is a rivalry, basically. Like I, I know, like you know, we're kind of at different levels. You know, the the Warriors are a dynasty. The Kings are just this up and coming team who. You know, t- did take them to the brink, but you know the, you know, you talk about the NBA like giving the Kings a chance. They're giving the Kings a chance to really show what they're made of. 
and their first their first like four games so you have utah golden state the lakers next uh yeah at home so you have two home openers against golden state and the lakers like two primetime teams although the lakers game isn't isn't going to be on anything so that's a that might be another missed opportunity but like that's you know they're gonna they're gonna see if the kings are for real and hopefully they have a strong opening against um against you know the, these three teams and hopefully they have a good season I, I personally don't really like look into the schedule that much it's just it's just a lot to break down of what could be ultimately nothing it might be just i'm just not that into just like diving deep into the schedule i just don't think there's that much in there um the only thing i like i'm usually worried about are like rivalry games like you know like golden state like the lake and the lakers and uh indiana they're gonna be coming in uh let me see versus indiana indiana it says at indiana when does indiana come in let's see I thought it was I thought it was in uh, I thought it was in February, but I guess not. Well, either way, like there's uh, I was actually contemplating on whether to go to the game against the Tyrese when he comes back again. I was at the we were at the game, or I well I was at the game. Vaughn wasn't at the game. <laughs> okay, oh so we're playing uh, Indiana on uh, January 18th. Uh, that will be an interesting game, and uh, another really interesting tidbit. For some reason, the NBA really likes to put the Kings against uh, Warriors like early in the season so much so that they face the the warriors three times before december i believe let me check yeah before december so they play them on uh the home opener on october 27th and then on uh, november 1st and then uh on uh november 28th so yeah get ready to see a lot of the warriors to start the season it, it might be a little annoying uh it, honestly it might get old by the time of uh by the time of november and then for whatever reason we don't play them until let's see oh we play them in uh on january okay so it's not that not that long of a wait because last year they're like we didn't play them until what april i think basically so that was a, that was really weird how they scheduled it so expect to see a lot of warriors expect to see a, a lot of the lakers as well like you see we play the lakers twice they're they're a scary team that i do want to see the kings how the kings uh fare against them so anyways that's as much as i'm gonna break down the schedule there, there just isn't that much i i really want to go into like you know back to backs and all that the kings the kings are just gonna have to handle that when it comes along i i just don't want to dive into like oh like you know this is where like the trip sucks and all that it, it, that that stuff is beyond my comprehension and i don't think i would do it justice by trying to explain the the intricacies of just rest days and you know like load management and all that stuff like look i'm i'm just I, i'm just here for the entertainment and the kings are going to be a, on national tv a lot and hopefully they'll be very entertaining and they'll step up to the plate okay all right, so the other thing that did happen, or the the thing that came out during uh, since last episode, uh, Seth Partnow has released his tears, and it was a um, or his 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 uh, article like ranking uh, players via tears, and uh, it, it was just a it was a big top air conversation around particularly the ESPN twenty ESPN thirteen twenty guys. And I thought it was interesting. So I decided to just take a look at the articles that he wrote. And uh, here are some of the highlights. So uh, De'Aaron Fox is 
So this is how it works. Um, if you guys don't know, there's there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, and tier five. And he also has like subcategories. So there's like tier one A, tier one B, three A, three B, stuff like that. And he basically just kind of ranks, you know, each and every like at basically I think the top quarter of the league and try to kind of rank them of just like do they like what kind what level of player they are and um so th these are kind of just some of the highlights so uh De'Aaron Fox ended up in tier 3a he you know I, I think that's a pretty fair um ranking for the most part and you know like Seth had, had a lot to say had a lot of good things to say about De'Aaron how he had always been a fan of him and you know just him being able to take take uh the warriors to the brink and had a really good playoff showing you know what fair enough like it and there's a there's a possibility that De'Aaron could ascend uh Devin Booker I think was one that I think ascended a lot actually let me just check something real quick now that I mentioned I should have checked this before I went let's see tier two let's click the link uh find Devin Booker Okay, let's, let me see. Oh, he's in. He's oh, he's in tier two A, and let me just click on that. Oh, so he's always been a three A guy. Interesting, huh? But I didn't think he'd be ranked that high like that early. But anyways, um, de like the the hope is like De'Aaron could ascend to like tier two at some point. Um, I personally kind of agree with his uh ranking like De'Aaron had a really good showing in the playoffs I thought until he got injured like he really showed that he was like the guy you know when you have like an elite team having to basically like key their entire defense like on you it it, it means something it means you're somebody and I think that's a very fair uh ranking of him he, he will need to do more to like rise to you know the really upper tier like the two a's the one a's i don't think he'll ever make one a but like i think it's a fair enough ranking where a lot of the controversy with this art with these articles is unfortunately where sabonis is ranked so sabonis is ranked in tier 4a uh for example that's below guys like rudy gobert i believe that's in the same tier as guys like Carl Anthony Towns and stuff. Let me just check something real quick. Is this tier four? This is tier five, I believe. I I, sh I should have had these taps better labeled. I, I don't really have them labeled. So he's in the same. Yeah, he's in the same tier as a guy like um, Christoph Porzingis, Aaron Gordon, Robert Williams, Andrew Wiggins. So essentially, elite role players or like just like not. I guess like pre all-star players and there was a lot of controversy with this and it's kind of a thing that's always been a thing with the national media in that Sabonis is a regular season player that really struggles in the playoffs and it did kind of bear out this uh this coming this last offseason where you know I thought he still played okay but he was very much limited by the Warriors now, of course, you can all you can make the argument like, oh well, the rest of the team just didn't shoot well, and he didn't get a lot of assists. There's a lot of stuff you can kind of, there's a lot of caveats you can put to him. But what clearly did happen is that he he struggled to score against Looney and Draymond, 
and they sagged off of him, mucking up the entire offense, and he wasn't really able to kind of punish them. And, you know, his defensive shortcomings are what they are, even though I think he is a, I think he's a good, I think he's a d- decent enough defender. I think he's actually a good defender. The issue is he's not a rim protector, and that really, you know, limits your defensive impact uh, on the court. And these are the things that, you know, gets weighed heavily um, with with guy with kind of guys like Seth, like the national media. They want either, you know, rim protection where you can, you know, where you can affect the defense and and or you need to be like a transcendent offensive player, which, you know, Sabonis, you know, for the most part is not a transcendent score. But he but he does acknowledge like. He is like the fo- the fulcrum of the offense and kind of the driver of the Kings' best, greatest uh, offense of all time statistically um, in the regular season. It's just that he doesn't believe that he is a playoff-type player. And that's why he's ranked as low as he is. L- look, if if I had a if I had an option, I probably would have like Sabonis in the three tier, like three C or three B. Kind of it really doesn't matter. And like I get where they're coming from. Like I don't fully agree with what with what Seth says. I think there is something with Sabonis. Like, sure, he had a play- bad playoffs, but like I need a bigger sample before I'm before I'm just gonna you know absolutely kind of put him into this tier, which a lot of national guys have. It, it is what it is. Um. I think I think he can be better, and you know he can he can just play better the next time they're in the playoffs, and you know maybe he'll rise up to three to the three tier or tier three like how De'Aaron has. So ultimately, I don't agree with Seth Seth's, Seth's um, result. Like I, I agree with his his analysis. Like I get where the process is coming from, but I don't agree with his takeaway and. You know that's okay. Like you know you don't have, like it's just it ultimately is an opinion. It, it it does get ridiculous. Some people just you know kind of trash people for their opinions. It is what it is. I'm you know he's a respected guy. He 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 you know he shows his process or his thought process. And you know I get where he's coming from, but ultimately I, I don't agree with his takeaway. But yeah, I I get where he's coming from, and it's up to Sabonis to you know play better and just you know, flip the narrative, which unfortunately right now is that he is not a playoff player. And, you know, we'll just have to wait till uh, next playoffs. Um, So uh, Keegan Murray made it into a four, uh, tier 4C, which is very surprising, like just being a rookie and being able to make tier 4, because if you look further down, or actually a, a whole nother article, uh, Malik is in 5A and Kevin Herter is in 5A as well. So Murray somehow leaped those two, so that's interesting. I I would have thought Malik would have made like tier four just with his shot creation and just how you know electric he was, and especially like, I mean, granted the playoffs are kind of a kind of a summary of just the kind of player he is. When he is good, the Kings are just about unstoppable. When he is not, the Kings struggle, and that's kind of that's kind of been his entire like that's ba- basically his uh season in a nutshell. He's and ex- his highs are incredible. His lows are pretty bad too. And unfortunately, the, the Kings need him to just be more stable. But 
like Malik, like making 5A, like congratulations, congratulations to him. I'm pretty sure that's the first time he's ever made it. Let me check really quickly. Malik. Let's see. Yeah, he was unranked up until this year. So yeah, it's literally his first year being ranked here. So that's that's a pretty cool one. Uh Kevin Herter. Um he he has always been a 5A player. Wow, since 2021. Yeah, so of course he had a he had a pretty rough playoffs, but he had a him in, in the same way of like Sabonis had a really great um regular season. Like a really good finisher, real like was efficient all over the floor. Outside of probably like the free throw line was just a very efficient player and a guy that just, you know, he he exists within the offense and, you know, is able to score efficiently and score at a decent volume without ever forcing much of anything. So, you know, I, I think he's a great, I think he's a great fit for the team. And yeah, he played very well, although again, had a very, had a, had a rough playoffs, but I think he's a guy that can bounce back. And I think it's just, hopefully it's just a blip. And, you know, once you get a bigger sample size, like you get, you get a, you know, just, you get less variation, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for the tiers. You know, good to see that a lot of the Kings did make it onto the list. And hopefully there's more in the future. I think Harrison actually missed the mark, which is surprising. Because like he did have a good season for the most part. I think his, some of his stats were down, but he was an effective player. I'm surprised he didn't make this list. But um, that, you know, that that it, it is what it is sometimes. So, but overall... Again, I don't fully agree with every analysis, specifically like the Sabonis analysis, but ultimately he has a good process for coming to these uh, conclusions. And while I don't agree with like most of most of like his final takeaways, I do agree like he's on he he, he has a point and it's up to the Kings and like the, the, their team as a whole to kind of flip the, you know, the bad narratives into, you know, into good narratives. And honestly, because the Kings made the playoffs, shouldn't they be higher? I mean, they got they brought the goddamn Sacramento Kings to the to the playoffs after set, after sixteen miserable years. Like we're we're doing like flashback games. Holy shit, there was some rough years in there, you know. So I don't know why. Like, well, I do know why. It, it, it's more of a joke on my end. But man, they, they should get a boost for you know just. Uh, just being able to get the get the Sacramento Kings and like to be able to break that glass ceiling, you know. Okay. Uh, in other news, this just happened today. So, uh, Scala Bissier is um, back with the Kings. Although, from what I read from James Ham, it is a partial guarantee with the Stockton Kings. Uh, let me just pull up his tweet really quickly. Why is it not on his thing? It's weird. Let's see. Yeah, so he, it is. Yeah, it's for the move is for Stockton is for the Stockton Kings. I believe Jason Anderson said they they're hoping for it's an exhibit is an exhibit ten contract. I, I don't know the full details of that contract, but the idea is that they want him to at some point join the. Um, join the main roster but i assume this is going to be a thing where like they're going to compete or he, he's going to try and compete for a main roster spot at some point and you know just as a backup center um let me see 
the leak source. Yes. So, yeah, same, yeah, so Jason Anderson said that um, a, a leak source um, describes this as a Stockton Kings move, saying the organization hopes to have LeBissier on his G League team the next season or this season. So, yeah, it, because it, it was a weird move. Like when we first heard the news where he, the Kings had, uh, I think Shams was the, was the one to uh, break the news that um, that he had agreed to a partial one guaranteed one year deal with the Sacramento Kings. So, yeah, it looks like they're going to probably do essentially, like, I don't know, I guess this is going to be their roster spot, or there's going to be, like, the Kings can have, I think, up to 18 players, not including two ways, um, for training camp. And seeing as this is a partial guarantee, they're probably just going to bring him into, like, training camp. And if he makes it through training camp, he gets, like, another sum of money type thing. And then he, and then, like, it, you know, if he doesn't work out, they can send him to Stockton and he can kind of just work there and try to work his way back. But it looks like they're going to try and just uh, bring him to training camp and have like the guys kind of battle it out. Like uh, Nerlens Noel is on a partial guarantee and uh, Namias Keita is on a partial guarantee. Like they're probably going to just have the centers duke it out and just try and win that backup center spot. So in, interesting move. Nice to see a scow come back. He hasn't been in the in he hasn't played for an NBA team since the 1920 season. You know, he played overseas and yeah, he's now back within the Kings organization. Uh, even though it might be the the Stockton Kings uh, organization, but yeah, nice to see him back. Nice to see like just more Kentucky guys come come to Sacramento and hopefully like, you know, he hopefully he does well and we'll see like what this turns into. Interesting move. Okay, all right. So next thing, uh, this that's gonna be it for the uh, basketball portion. There isn't a whole lot of news that I really want to talk about. Uh, the James Harden stuff is getting ugly. Whatever. Like I, I, th I think they're gonna hold James Harden and Damian Lillard. Like he might look if he wants to go to Miami, he might have to make this ugly. Um, just to kind of go on up on a little bit of a tangent. Um, I remember back in the day, I was really not a fan of how um, James Harden left Houston. I thought he like, you know, the way he, you know, showed up to camp late, was partying during like COVID before the vaccine and basically just did not, did not like respect like his team and like clearly was just like saying, fuck this situation. I'm not going to try. I'm just going to put in the minimal effort. And then, like, he kind of alienated his teammates at, at the time. Like, they had Aaron Gordon, they had DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, and uh, P.J. Tucker. It's like, you're being you're being a fucking asshole. And I really don't, did not like the way he went about that. But I've since, since then, I've kind of come to, like, the realization, like, look, if you want to force a trade and in a, in a situation where you still have, like, multiple years left on your contract, like how Dame has, you know, like theoretically, you could play the good soldier and just be professional and the organization will do right by you. The organization has no obligation to do right by you. They can do it to be nice, but you can never count on that. And, you know, like if you if you're if you just show up and be a good soldier, yeah, sure, you earn some goodwill. And yeah, it might be more likely that the organization like does a fate do, does you a favor and like trades you away to your preferred destination. But the reality of how things work, 
more than likely you're gonna have to probably make it ugly like how james harden has where you're gonna have to probably like you know send send some pre, send some passive aggressive ass or just you know straight up threat threats essentially <laughs> threats to like say i'm not gonna play for you i hate your fucking guts mr daryl morey and i don't trust you and I, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna be a total asshole for the foreseeable future if I'm gonna stay in in the city that I am currently in, and you're not gonna trade me. So, of course, there there are situations where like you know you, they do play good soldier. Like KD did play good soldier for the most part, um, at least like you know on the surface when he was with the Nets before he got traded to Phoenix. So there might be something there, but it looks like Damian Lillard might have to make it ugly because there's no traction on the Miami Heat deal right now. And, and like, it's not the worst thing if Dame stays in Portland. Like, he can mentor um, Scoot Henderson. And, like, that kind of that kind of mentorship can be very invaluable for a, like, that could, that can be really, like, in, that can be really positive for Scoot. And, you know, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, the on-court on court product might be a bit rough like that that is a tiny tiny backcourt and it it, it like it it's it's not exactly practical on the court but like behind the scenes like dame is good like dame has shown to be a good character guy and probably will be professional about it and just show up to work you know you know and just and just like do do his job for the tour and play for the Portland Trailblazers with no complaints. But chances are, like, with how things usually work with your front office essentially just saying, fuck it, we're not gonna do a we're not gonna do a deal anytime soon. You know, Dame's gonna they might have to look into kind of the James Harden playbook and make things a bit ugly. I kind of don't want to see it happen, but it might be something he had to do. But we'll see. Okay, so that does it for the basketball section. Um, um, I do want to quickly talk about some wrestling. So, uh, last time I talked about, um, you know, SummerSlam, like that's, that's over and done with the bloodline storyline is they've kind they've kind of made it a teeny bit intriguing. Like they may move Jey Uso to the alumni section. That that's whatever to me. And it, again, I still think it's just it, it, like, it's run its course. And I think it's getting old at this point and without like a real, true twist or another character being added into the storyline it's just I'm, I'm not into it right now but uh lately um one thing that's really been just great for the past few weeks is on raw chad gable and alpha academy versus gunther and imperium now i've always been a fan of chad gable like he has he's got a real baby face feel about him and he's an incredible wrestler they, the WWE fucked up so bad by making uh, Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle's son, like however many years ago. When you have literally a carbon cop, like a like a mirror of like I, I'm not even saying like he's a poor man's version or anything. He is literally a mirror of Kurt Angle. Like he has the goofiness, he has the goofiness factor, and he can be an, and he's an incredible wrestler. And now, right now he's finally getting a chance to kind of. Like really be able to show that, and you know th this storyline, like where they included, um, was it Maxine Dupree? Like her, like the subplot of her and I think Ludwig Kaiser, I think is his name. Like the like the weird sexual tension between them, um, like that that's really intriguing. But then the in ring product, Chad Gable, it 
he has a lot of Daniel Bryan in him as well. It's just being like being a relatively small guy. He's like 5'8". And like to, to go up against a, a monster like Gunther, like to be like, it's a perfect, you know, David versus Goliath role. Chad Gable was incredible at portraying that role. And, you know, be, and him being like that, you know, that baby face imperial, the never say die attitude. Great. And then like, you know, Gunther being the the in, near, I guess, near invincible monster who just looks down upon someone like Chad Gable. The perfect role. They had a great match where it was a was it a beat the clock challenge. Like that was a genius way to book it. Now what they did kind of right but right after that where they just had uh, um, Gunther beat him. Although it, it did take a it did take a lot of it did take a lot of effort and it then they then actually followed up on it where even though Gunther cle like clearly beats um, Chad Gable, they kind of followed up on it um, and just and just what with, with this most recent episode although like before we skip to that like let's talk about like otis versus um gunther although it was very much a nothing match and a very disappointing match like i, I just like that they're giving some of these they're progressing a storyline and they're making they're kind of not i don't know if they're gonna make a star out of alpha academy like i think chad gable is gonna come out of a star but i don't know about otis i i love otis too by the way like they're progressing the storyline there's characters that you care about get characters that or um wrestlers that fit into those character archetypes and it's just it's just beautiful the way they're booking it and i just finished watching raw uh it's the 820 it's the august 21st uh, episode of raw where chad gable um you know faces gunther for the intercontinental championship Look, going into it, I, I thought there's no, there's absolutely zero chance that um, that Chad Gable wins this match because they're gonna they're gonna have Gunther beat beat um beat beat Tonky Tonk Man's record, um, and I think it's like right after Payback. I believe September first is when the record is broken. So there's no there was no way they were gonna make him lose. But they had a great match where again Chad Gable is just the the incredible babyface. Just the the guy who just the little guy who just has a never say die attitude, and is kind of one upping uh, Gunther, and then Gunther just the he is the best wrestler in WWE I think, and like the, the guy he's an incredible wrestler. His chops are fucking amazing. His clotheslines are fucking brutal, and I also like the way that they that they book him where he basically has three finishing moves that are kind of interchangeable like that like i think against well against otis he only needed a power bomb but like against drew mcintyre like he didn't pin like drew mcintyre with just like one move but instead he hits him i think with like the clothesline he hits him with a power bomb and then he hits him with a splash like he can almost interchange these finishers and even combine them all into essentially one sequence like the way that he can the way that he can kind of just adapt like to whatever the match needs is incredible like they had an incredible match where gunther just could not put away um chad gable now ultimately it, it ended up being a count out finish where chad gable's basically german suplexes uh um gunther over the barricade after gunther chops the uh ring post just awesome spots all around and it's a count out finish chad gable picks up the win but he does not win the title and 
I think that's a pretty good finish. You don't you don't want to kill the storyline yet. This is clearly Chad Gable is probably the one that's actually going to take it off of him, but it's not going to happen before he um, before he beat before Gunther beats uh, what, what's it called Honky Honky's record. But it's a great way to kind of progress the storyline, even though it is a pretty dumb ending, you know, pretty dumb ending like on paper. But it but you know. Chad Gable, Chad Gable um, wins the match, which continues the storyline. Now you can say like, "Oh, I beat Gunther. Like, I deserve, I deserve another rematch," and Gunther doesn't lose his title. Like, it, it's also apparently his first pinfall or his first loss, straight up. Or it's not a pinfall loss, but it's his first loss since moving on to moving up to the main roster. And yeah, that's momentous. That's a big deal. And you're, you're they're starting to make. Uh, Chad Gable into a star. I was really disappointed with like they're not gonna go do anything with uh, Otis. Like there, there could be something there too. But you know, take what you can get. And the the Gunther and Chad Gable storyline is amazing. I can't I can't wait for you know the the next match, which will probably happen right after Payback. So can't wait for that. Like this is this is my new this is my new favorite thing. Like I watched I watched the full match. It, it was it was amazing and. Yeah, like he's Chad Gable, like probably right behind like Daniel Bryan in terms of like maybe like Johnny Gargano's better at it, but like I haven't seen Johnny Gargano in a while, so I don't remember. But like just Gunther being the best wrestler, Chad Gable being an amazing wrestler, the perfect wrestlers to play that role, and they're building something, and that's that's really all you can ask for. And you know, talk you know to go, to talk a little bit about something else, like it looks like they're building up LA Knight as well. I was very annoyed that he did. He got beat by Austin Theory, but it made sense. They're gonna start a feud with Miz, and that's actually been a pretty deep, pretty good program so far. And he is still over as hell, and they're giving him a storyline to work with. They're not just straight up just kind of. I mean, they, they are kind of sabotaging him a little bit, but they're not straight up sabotaging his momentum. And you know, the the crowds just keep. They love LA Knight, and he really does deserve deserve like a push. And I'm not saying for him to win the title, like to win the world title, but if you can give him like, if you can give him the US title, that's perfect for him, you know? Okay, well that's, okay, well that's all I have for the wrestling. Uh, uh, one last thing uh, before we go out, or maybe two things. So um, last night, I don't know what the hell happened. So of course, I of course, I live in Sacramento and like, the weather has been has been pretty hot as of late. It is summer, like it's cooled down in the past few days. So yesterday it was around like eighty three degrees. It said on my weather app, and so like okay, so it's eighty three degrees. So there's no point in uh, turning on the AC. Save a little bit of power. Save a little bit of money. So then it comes to nighttime, and it is just stuffy as hell in my house. I, I don't know why, and like I, I go to sleep. I try to go to sleep. It is fucking steaming in my room for some reason. And like I turn on the fan and everything, it just will not cool down. I open the window, it won't cool down. And like I legit, it like the outside was literally blowing warm wind into my window. And I'm just go and like for the rest of the night, I just cannot sleep because it's so fucking hot. I legit end up getting only like one hour of sleep last night. And it was just, it was probably one of the roughest nights I've ever, I've ever had where a man just cannot sleep for whatever reason. And like I had worked the next day. I legit end up only sleeping like one hour and just having to last the whole day with that, you know, drink some coffee. 
and stuff like that. But it was it was just one of the most bizarre nights in just what the hell it was was with the weather. Like I checked the weather I checked the weather app, and apparently it was like eighty degrees like during the day, right? But it was seventy degrees at night, which that's pretty ridiculous. Usually, if it's like eighty degrees outside, it usually drops to like sixty, and you get that cool breeze. But for whatever reason, last night it was just like heat. It was like humid as wind coming into my room, and it was just it was fucking brutal. Like it was one of like my my whole my bed's like just all sweaty. My pillows all sweaty, so now it's like all musty and stuff. It's just ugh, this is an awful night I had last night. So this is a random rant, and then a second thing. So I, I don't know if I mentioned this on last episode, but I did injure, I did like injure my ankle and uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever talked about it, but this is not actually the first time. So I had a severe ankle injury, um, like almost like half a year uh, at this point, like six months ago. And I remember like, just uh, like injuring and my whole foot just swelling up. I couldn't put any weight on it. Now this time, of course, is not as bad, but like it's been a rough few days. It's been a it's it's been what two weeks, and it's been a rough two weeks because like it, you know it, it's tough to get around. You know, in order in order to you know walk, you have to kind of well you have to put weight on the on the foot. And of course, it's not as bad as last time. I can walk okay, but I did have like a limp for about a week, and it was just it was just like really tough. Like I I've had issues like sleeping lately, which really didn't help last night. But uh, yeah, like just did just did not think like an ankle injuries like just fuck can fuck like fuck with my life the way it has. Like I remember reading like Bill Walton, like like I'm I can I guess I can like understand where he's coming, from, but like he apparently he co co uh, contemplated suicide because of his just his foot injuries were so bad. Now of course my foot injuries I doubt were anything close to what Bill Walton had. He's a big ass dude and like that's a lot of weight on them feet and yeah like but i can i can understand why like it's just it's just like this constant like like really like my ankle is still like really really hot like i put ice on it it warms up the ice <laughs> is literally how bad it gets and it's just it's just one of those things um just like i'm not i'm not gonna say i used to laugh at people who get ankle injuries but like now I now I know where they're coming from because boy, like that, that shit hurt. But because I've rolled my ankle a lot before, but they've never been like severe sprains. Like I've had a pretty bad sprain in high school, like back when I was in high school, where like there was a fracture. Um, but like it, it never was like so bad that I couldn't walk. Like I still had to limp around a lot, but I was okay. But like these, like these last two ankle sprains have been like just really, really bad. Like I don't know if it's like grade th grade two, grade three. It might even be like a grade four. I, I don't think it's a grade five because that's like straight fracture. But like my ankle sw swelled up, like like my foot just like it, it, there's like really like gross bruises. So it's just it's, it's just been an adventure as of late, and it's just yeah. And so it's been it's been screwing my schedule. So. Yeah, I just wanted to get that off. Um, I, I, I don't know what the point of the story is. I guess, you know, just be careful when you guys play basketball. For those of you who listen, who play basketball, just be be careful. Luckily, this time I had an ankle brace on, so it wasn't as bad as last time. So, like, not, like it, it's nowhere near as bad as last time. And, you know, uh, just after about two weeks, I'm close to being fully healed, and I can actually uh, work out now. So that's a, that's a good thing. Can't play basketball yet, but can work out. 
And uh, another note about ankle sprains. Um, so right after getting it, um, I, like this has happened both times where after kind of sleeping it off, like that's when like the real pain starts to come in. That's when like you start not being able to put weight on it. Both times I've actually like, I've actually stood up, put some ointment on it. And after putting ointment on it, like I, like I'm just remember like almost passing out both times where so I read up on it. Apparently like it's a nerve thing where like, if, if there's just a lot of pain coming, coming to you, like you, you like a nerve, like it strikes a nerve and it basically just kind of like, you know, knocks you out for a bit. Now I didn't get knocked out, but like it, 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 I did get really dizzy and that's just a thing with, I guess, ankle sprains. I don't know if it's like a universal thing. Maybe it's just a me thing, but for those of you that do get ankle sprains, yeah, make sure you're close by to a place where you can, where you can lay down for a bit. And, uh, yeah, I, again, I don't know what the moral of the story is, but yeah, just a quick little, quick little story just to kind of, uh, I guess, fill some time. Uh, just want to get this off my chest a little bit, I guess, but hopefully you did enjoy the story time. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Did want to get you guys something to listen to and not just go like two full weeks without an episode. So anyways, or like one full week without an episode. So hopefully you did enjoy it. Um, Fong should be back by next episode. I still am not sure what we're going to do the next episode on, but we will have something uh, coming along. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, thank you guys for listening. Let's call this an episode. We'll see you guys on the next one.